Hello and welcome to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast presented to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. I'm Chamber CEO Rick Rungaitis and we always find all these treasures in San Marcos. We're very, we're very fortunate here that we have, I'm not going to say hidden treasures because they're not hidden, but sometimes we, we uh, I'm not going to say take for granted, but it's just really for lack of a better term, some really cool businesses. And so we've got one of those today. We've got one of those San Marcos treasures. Joining us today is Daylene Coleman, founder and owner of Delightful Chocolate. Daylene, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thank you, Rick. I love being called a treasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a treasure, and you've been a you've been a very active, uh, great chamber member from uh, from the time you started your business, and we really appreciate it. And uh, uh, you and your business are a treasure. Ah, thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about your business first. And I, mean, I really want to get into the background of how you started. But uh, for our listeners that have not experienced Delightful Chocolat yet, tell them what it is. Okay, so yeah, we are a, in a way, a hidden treasure. We are in Lake San Marcos, which is often forgotten about here in North County until people get in there and like, how did I forget Lake San Marcos? It's so beautiful. It's a resort. It seriously takes you a step away from everyday life and you just step into a resort area and we are so fortunate we're right across the street from the lake house so we almost feel like we're just right part of this um this resort atmosphere i opened our patisserie chocolatier there two years ago this june so you were you were doing the business before the brick and mortar too right i was for two years we worked uh here in san marcos out of a uh production and commercial kitchen and just doing catering and um, wholesaling. And then we also did our our chocolate workshops events and partnered with our uh, local businesses doing tastings like wineries and stuff. We do our chocolate pairings um, until we opened our brick and mortar. And we started off with just a little uh, 900 square foot space that was a mixed use in Lake San Marcos. It used to be an old yogurt shop. And um, so it took a lot of overhaul. We had to gut it and we took on a whole nother section to create our uh, retail, our chocolate room and our patisserie kitchen. But that's all we had. We didn't have our own venue for any kind of events. And I love to teach. I have a teaching background and I just love to teach. We would go to other venues and which was great because it really expanded our partnerships and our reach into the community, partnering with other businesses that wanted to have events and they had the space. So they had the space and I had the talents and the equipment and everything to come in and do these events, but we needed, really wanted our own space. So right in the middle of COVID, I thought it was a brilliant idea (laughs) to take on an additional almost a thousand square feet right next to us, that unit became available. So we expanded into it and now we have our own workshop. Now that restrictions have been lifted, we are in full swing and we ha- we, are, we have at least minimum of three classes or workshops going a week um, from children's workshops. We've got kids camps coming up to adult classes, making macarons and chocolates and you name it. We're going to start a cake series and it's so much fun. So how like for, uh, give us an example of one of those workshops. Um, is it like how long? Uh, is it like a two-hour workshop or how, how does it work? It, well, it depends on the class. So if you, for like the kids, they don't have the attention span or the, you know, energy to really put in like a three-hour macaron class. So we have accelerated classes for them to kind of get them through it. So we'll take kids eight, eight and up to do those. Um, and we can get those cut down to about an hour and a half. We have mommy and me or parent-child type classes that run just about an hour and 15 minutes. So it's great for um, those kinds, like to be able to get the the kids engaged and have fun but not get exhausted. 
um, all the way up to like those who really want to learn. They're there because they want to learn how they're either professionals or they're um, makers working from home, whatever it be. They want to learn um, professional techniques. So we have those classes as well. So we teach a three-hour macaron class. Um, we typically have uh, two to three of those a month. And it's a bit intense. Like you get to, it's it's a process. It really is. And they get to learn proper techniques from using poured hot sugar to make an Italian meringue. Um, you know, we use all the techniques I learned at Le Cordon Bleu London. So they're they're learning it, it properly. And, and so there are plenty of people that come that are like, I really want to learn. And I take the time to teach them. There's others that come and they just want to have fun. So I teach each class based on what, what, the participants want. So what is the driver of your business? So obviously the, the chocolates in bulk, is it, is it businesses? Is it just the, the walk-ins or, or how, how does it, how does it work? What's the, what's the most, um, uh, what's the driver of the business really, <laughs> for lack of a better term? Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy because, you know, just navigating through COVID, I think the reason why we fared as I'm not saying well, I think, you know, we struggled as, as all businesses did. I think most businesses most were in survival mode. We were so. in survival mode. But but I think what kind of helped us the most was that we have our eggs in a lot of baskets. We started off with our online. So like I said, we were there two years prior to getting our retail. We did online sales. So we already had um, on our website, we had that revenue source already established. So we just had to increase the visibility of that. So we have our online and uh, so we can ship our chocolates and macarons anywhere, like literally anywhere in the world. We've shipped to all the way to, um, oh gosh, uh, well, shipped to the UK, Canada, um, Hawaii. I've even shipped to Brazil. So that really helped us, especially during COVID, because people couldn't go out and they wanted to get something unique, especially if their family members live local and they wanted to share something with their family who's afar and they can't get together. They're like, I can give them something that's local and that they love because they enjoy our chocolates and they ship it to wherever. So that really helped. And we have our retail, obviously, so um, which is fun because we're shifting our hours for the summer. So we're opening up for on Sundays for the first time. We've never been well, open. It's exciting. Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say my team is super thrilled about that. <laughs> so if you guys come visit, give them some love on Sundays. They're they're, they're they're getting pulled from their families, and but it's just for the summer. We're trying to sync more with the resort, you know, get families coming out and stuff, you know, for the summer. Now that uh, some restrictions are being lifted, I think people are feeling more free to, to get out and about. So our retail shop is another area. And then we have, we also have our Delightful Club. You get a box each month of specially curated box of goodies. You get macarons, you get whatever type of treats that we're creating. And we create just specifically for the club. We come up with really cool treats that are, we don't even sell in the shop. So they get some of our staples, our customer favorites in there. Um, but each box is at least $50 a product minimum. If, you know, typically we pack it as, as much product as we can get in those boxes. Um, and it's only 50 a month. So they do, you could do a three-month subscription or six-month su- subscription. And most people renew after they're done because they loved it so much. So we've gotten awesome feedback and I don't know if you noticed or not, but I was writing that down yeah. for myself because that sounds like a great idea, not just for me, but what a great what a great idea for a gift. It's a fabulous gift. And I've been working with um, real estate agents who d- have been starting to do them for closing gifts. So when they close with, um, you know, get a family into a new home, they start the first one off right away as a welcome home gift. And then 
they're not forgotten. For the next two months, they're getting to their door um, a delightful box. And just to kind of show their appreciation for that that client that they, you know, went on this very important moment in their lives as far as purchasing a home. And uh, they keep it going. So that's been really neat. No, um, that's a great idea. And who, yeah. who wouldn't love to have a box of chocolates and macarons at their front door? Right. <laughs> just And it's packaged perfectly. And it's just, it's a really fun thing. So that came out of COVID. So, um, you know, you got to get creative. And it's something that people wanted. And so we're really excited to keep that one going. I want to talk a little bit about your background and how you got sure. started. It's, um, you're professionally trained, uh-huh. so you're a chef. Yep. Tell us about how, what prompted you. I mean, was this something that at a, at a young age that you always wanted to do? And then uh, how did you take it to the step f- further? I know you, you, you were trained uh, professionally in, in overseas. And mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about the background, how it all, how it all got started. <laughs> well, it got started back when I was really little. My mom was a single parent of three kids. My I have twin sisters that are three years older than me. Uh, that don't really like to cook. They never, <laughs> they never took to cooking. My mom worked a lot. She always had two jobs, so she she couldn't cook too much more than you know putting a crock pot on and things like that for us. So I started getting creative really early. If you want, if you want something, and you know we didn't have a lot, so I had to get creative with the ingredients. And some of the ingredients we got were like, you know, we're talking church commodities, like sometimes, they, you know, we got the the bulk powdered milk and the honey and whatever, not, you know, good, good stuff, you know, good, but, you know, not um, gourmet by any stretch of the imagination. But that's what makes it fun is you work yeah. with what you have. You're not going out to get what you need. You're working you work with what with you have. what you have. Yep. So I would come up with my own recipes. We're talking like six, seven years old <laughs> in the kitchen. And my mom's at work. My sisters are supposed to be watching me. And I'm in the kitchen, like just going through the pantry, trying to figure out what can I make with this. And I would, I had some, some hits and some real big misses. Um, my sisters were always so polite and would eat whatever I made because they didn't want to have to cook. So if they said anything, then they would have to go in the kitchen and cook. So it kind of started off really early. So when I, um, as I grew up, I was just always making things for my family from the heart just because I loved to see their reaction, like them enjoying either something as simple as a chocolate chip cookie to my stepdad, I'd make him his German chocolate cake from scratch every birthday. And just to see the joy. So it wasn't even about me and that I love to eat this stuff. It was the fact that I could make something that brought some sort of like happiness to somebody else. So I always did that. And then when I went into um, human services, I worked with that risk youth and um, and just, you know, and more uh, social work environment after I graduated from uh, university. And it was a really stressful job. And I'd come home and I would bake. That was my stress relief. It is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. I, I love to cook, and that is like, when I've got all the burners going and the music up, and uh, maybe having a glass of beer while I'm doing it. Uh-huh. It's uh, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it was seriously uh, just it it made it re- made me really happy. Um, so basically, we got to m- the opportunity through my husband's work to relocate to Europe. And he asked me what I wanted to do. And I, at the time, we had been working at Cal State San Marcos for the university. I developed their Master of Social Work program with a couple of professors out there, over there. And I was like, I don't really want to go back into social work. I just want, I really wanted to focus on um, this passion that I had had that I'd kind of suppressed as not an, an actual career opportunity. It was more of a, I had always thought of it as a hobby or whatever. But I'm like, no, I really want to give this a shot. So I applied to La Cordon Blood London. 
and I got accepted and I went and it was in very intense, uh, 11 month degree program. I was there nine to 11 hours a day. Uh, it took me an hour and 20 minutes by train to get from the little town of Bishop Stoke that I was living in into Waterloo station. And then I would huff it by foot because it was actually quicker than going on bus or tube. So I would like run across the city. I knew all the back alleys in London, um, <laughs> to get to, um, Bloomsbury square right across from the British museum. That's where Le Cordon Bleu is. And I'd run down the stairs, you get in and downstairs was the basement where they had our, uh, the locker room, change room. And I'd get my chef whites on and then run upstairs to like five flights of stairs to get in my seat before class started. I was never late, never missed a class. <laughs> I think I was probably the only student that was never late, never missed a class. I w did every workshop. I got every last bit of information I could from this prestigious school. And um, so that's that's how I ended up in it. And then I just, I absolutely knew I was in the right place. I was surrounded by like-minded people and in the industry, doing stuff from the heart to share and, you know, give, give to people. And so that was it. That was, I knew I was, I had finally found my absolute dream job and not, I don't even see it as a job. It's just, it's my life. Yeah, no, it's, um, and, and I, I say that, oh, we've got our son's uh, senior in high school and that's, I was just, you don't have to know what you want to do, but follow, follow your heart yeah. and something that you're passionate about. So that's clearly what you've done. So Absolutely. we're talking with uh, Daylene Coleman, founder and owner of Delightful Chocolate, located in Lake San Marcos and truly a treasure to uh, San Marcos. So, um, you know, I always hate to keep harping on the pandemic because yeah. everybody's so excited of, as we crawl out and we transition. And I know from a chamber standpoint, you were at our last coffee connections and you're hosting uh, the one in June. So thanks for that. But yeah, we had everybody uh, as a first in-person networking event we've had. And it was like the first day of school and everybody was so excited. And, uh, but, you know, tell us about, you know, how, how you did survive. Cause you said you did have to pivot and do a lot of different things. Um, was there ever a time where you thought you might have to temporarily shut down or how, how did it I mean I know it's it's so challenging too with you know you work so hard to to build up your business and I talked to so many business owners that have you know were just so distraught and um, and then your employees as well I mean so tell us a little bit about how that whole process worked and um, how you're able to to be where you're at now yeah so a lot of hard work and um, and determination there were you as a business person, you like to project, you like to know kind of where things are going with the business. And, um, I guess kind of know where your cash flow is, know what, know what your payroll budget is. And you need to know those, those numbers. You need to know what each month should look like to, to have control, to have over, control yeah. of your business. And in COVID, we didn't have any of that. That was all taken away from us by closing up, you know, main revenue sources of um, our revenue, which is our workshops, our classes, you know, the classes make up about 70% of our revenue. The retail is a much smaller portion of it. And then we have our wholesale. So when retail closed up, that wasn't so much of the problem because we were able to still do carry out, pick, you know, delivery, things like that, get our product out one way or another as, by delightful club. Um, you know, I, those ways we were able to get our product out in that way. But as far as our workshops, they pretty much, they, they came to halt. And, um, that was the hardest part for, for, for me, because we always knew our retail wasn't going to be our bread and butter, but that provides jobs. You know, we have, I have, um, at the time I had three retail employees. Um, you know, we had our bakers, our, our chocolatiers. Um, at the time I, uh, COVID I had seven employees, 
Um, and right away, um, three of them had to, you know, uh, one was a stay-at-home mom or a mom who needed to be worked while her kids were at school. She needed to go back and be with them because they were out of school. One was older, needed to you know, you know, st- uh, stay at home. The other had underlying health conditions. So uh, right away, our team went from seven to four. And but even then, it's like finance financially, it was really hard just to be able to make enough to keep their hours going so that right. they had because I didn't want to affect their income. And uh, our first round um, of PPP took a long time to, to come in. It took months. Um, so we literally were just months a month just trying to make payroll and rent. You know, at no point did we get any kind of rent um, break or anything like that. I paid my rent every single month on time, full amount. Uh, my utilities, uh, there was no... Um, uh, you know, just forgiveness on that side. So all expenses were still still there. I right. still had to pay all of those things, but without the revenue coming in. So it took a lot of creative, being creative and um, everything, but it was hard because my, my employees were my first priority. And because I thought, in my mind, the first thing I thought is I need to keep my team together because we're only going to be stronger for this in the end. And, um, you know, I wanted it, just to see them and how loyal they were to the business that they, they could have jumped ship and t- went on unemployment or whatever. And just for whatever reasons or, uh, but they didn't, they stuck with, they stuck it out with me. So I'm really grateful to my team. They are, they're tr- were truly a family and um, I couldn't have gotten through this without them. Um, I also think, you know, with um, the different, the revenue loss and stuff and all the expenses just, coming out on the other end now that we're able to it's it, it's now getting everything now um you, you almost feel like you're starting fresh right you know because people forget about you right they right. forget and so all the small businesses that people frequented and we spent so much time prior getting um you know our business established and everything a lot of people weren't coming out so now it's i feel like we're having to remind people we're we're still here we made it because people don't know what businesses made it, which one didn't. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. It's it is uh, it's difficult, and it's it's difficult to message that. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 quite a challenge. But what we're seeing is people are so excited to get out. I know we see it at the farmers market where, you know, every week just a lot of families, and and even even at the height of the pandemic where we were able to still continue to host the farmers market, it was like it was a safe place to be outside with their family and get out. And I think I know from, for me personally, some of the uh, places I used to frequent didn't and, uh-huh. and now, and now going back. So it's, uh, and, it, and it's, it's such a feel good. And I'm sure you're seeing that as you um, start cranking out these workshops again, because that, you know, when we, we started today, you were talking about, you know, that's your passion and teaching uh-huh. and all that. So uh, it has to be rewarding to be able to, to get back into that par- part of your um, profession. It is. And one of the neat things is we have daily, we have our old customers coming back saying that it was their, that it's the first time they've been out in like a year. Like they hadn't year and a half, like they have not gone anywhere. And our place was the first place they came to. And they were about this one lady yesterday was practically in tears just saying, I'm so glad that you made it. I'm so glad, you know, I've, I've been looking forward to coming back here for so long. I'm so glad you made it through this. So we hung on not just for, for, you know, my vision and my dream, 
but for my employees and for our customers, because we have a lot of loyal customers. And um, so by keeping this business going and growing and, um, and hang in there, there's, there's a lot of people, it's not just my little dream anymore or my little passion of baking and making chocolates. Um, there's a lot of people that it affects. Yeah. And, and you talk about customer loyalty. It's just, it has to be rewarding to uh, be able to re-engage with your customers and uh, because they obviously they, they love, they love your product and, <laughs> uh, uh, and get hooked and, and want to keep seeing the new things as well. Yeah. Well, people would ask me, I would get this a lot in the early days when I first opened up the retail in Lake San Marcos. And, um, they're like, why do you, why do you have, um, a retail retails just, they're not super profitable. Um, if you know, cause it's the, it's the other areas, it's the wholesaling and the, the, you know, our production, our online, our, you know, we could technically just put our product in other people's um, stores and do fine. But I wanted a face to my product. I wanted people to know who's making their stuff. So that was the retail was really just our, um, our window to the customer. So people can come up and they can, they can come and see, meet my team. They, they talk, talk to me all the time. I'm always there. People come in and say, Oh, can, you know, I talked to, to Daylene. I saw her on, you know, channel eight or KUSI or whatever. And I'm like, I'll come out and we'll talk. And they'll say, gosh, I was really drawn to your story. I really wanted to just, you know, come out and support you. So that's why we have and keep that retail going. Um, you know, it's been suggested at multiple points, especially during COVID to shut down the retail and just completely operate back in and then distribute. And I'm like, I can't do that. I need to see my customers. And it's fun for the customers because you get to go in and see, not just talk to you and your staff, but also to see the array of products. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's it's one thing to do something like that online, but I don't think we'll ever lose that opportunity to have face-to-face -face, um, interaction and be able to see the products and, uh, maybe sample the products or taste the products, uh, whatever it may be. So yes. let's, let's hope we never lose that. And kudos to you and your team for, for fighting through the pandemic. And um, like you said, for, uh, for your employees, for your customers, and, and kudos to everything you did. Thank you. So, Daylene, thanks so much for joining us on, on today's episode. Uh, we've been talking with Daylene Coleman, founder and owner of Delightful Chocolat. Um, we will have episode notes and we'll have uh, links to, uh, I, like I said, I wrote it down, Delightful <laughs> Club. Uh, and we'll have, uh, we'll have links to your website and, and so the uh, listeners can get information, more information about the classes and workshops if they want to participate. Uh, also a map to see where, uh, where you're located so they can come and, and meet you in person and say hello and, and, and have some of your have some of your delicious chocolates and macarons and everything else. So awesome! Well, thank you for having me on this. It's been fun. Yeah, it has been fun, and and thanks again. You like I said, you've been an active chamber member from day one, and we certainly appreciate our partnership. And um, again, you are our treasure to San Marcos. So thanks, Daylene. Thank you, Rick. And thanks for listening to uh, today's podcast. You've been listening to the San Marcos Business and Community Podcast presented to you by the San Marcos Chamber of Commerce. And don't forget, every Tuesday from 3 to 7, the San Marcos Farmer's Market, right in our front door on North City Drive, right across from the university. So I look forward to seeing you then. Thanks and have a great day.